goes to Exodus chapter 15. I'll read from verse 1 to verse 3. Exodus 15, verses 1 to 3. Exodus 15, verses 1 to 3. I read. Then sang the two, uh, Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spoke, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider has he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him a habitation. My Father's God, I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. The Lord is a man of war. He will fight your battles for you in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, for a few minutes, the topic I want to discuss with us is the wind of thanksgiving. The wind of what? Thanksgiving. We're all familiar with the story of the children of Israel. When you go to Exodus chapter 14 from verse 21 to 29, we see how the children of Israel escaped the Red Sea. The Bible says God sent an east wind that drove the waters of the Red Sea back. Now, it's very interesting that not only was it that the waters were driven back, you know, it was a cutoff. When you cut off a stream, what happens, the, the one that is coming from the source, there will still be water in it, right? But the one that is going downstream, what happens to it? It flows off. But that's not what happened here. The Bible says a path was made in the sea. And the water became a wall to the children of Israel on the right hand and where? On the left. Amen? Amen. So, when the water was cut off from source, what should have happened? Is that one side would just flow on and there will be no water there again. But that was not what happened. The Bible says a road was made in the sea. A way was made in the sea. The ground became dried land. The water became a wall unto them on the right and on the left. Brethren, only God can do that. Tell somebody that is God. He made a way through the Red Sea. He will make a way for you. I say he will make a way for you. So having made a way through the Red Sea, and that was not just all. When God was true with the child of Israel going through the Red Sea, he ensured, he made sure that the enemies that followed them to the Red Sea were destroyed in the Red Sea. No wonder the children of Israel began to praise God. They began to praise God. When you look at the passage we read in Exodus 15 verses 1 to 3, there are seven names that are ascribed to God in that passage. Seven names that were used to praise the Lord. Number one, he was called the Lord. Tell somebody, he is the Lord. He is the Lord. Remember what happened on Mount Carmel? In 1 Kings chapter 18, when Elijah came before the presence of Bear, the Bible says, Elijah said, he told the children of Israel, how long will you vacillate between God and someone else? If God be God, serve him. Tell somebody, if God be God. Serve him. Our God is not a God that will take you compromising him with someone else. 
And Elijah preferred a simple solution. That's what a simple solution. You know, God doesn't complicate things. Have you noticed that? His solutions are very simple. The fact that they are very simple does not mean anybody can do it. Amen? Very simple. He said, look, let's offer two sacrifices. You offer yours, I offer mine. We are not going to put any earthly fire. But we will call upon our God. You call upon your God. The God that answers by fire. Let him be who? Let him be God. And the prince of Baal, they came, they caught themselves, they cried to Baal. He refused to answer them. Elijah said, maybe he has gone on a journey. Thank God, the God we serve does not go on a journey. Isn't that wonderful? That's why the Bible says, he that keepeth Israel, neither does what? He never sleeps for slumber. So when you are sleeping, he's awake watching over you. Day or night, he's awake watching over you. There is no night in heaven. Have you realized that? Day and night is for us here on earth. That is why in heaven there is a tree called the tree of life. When you get to heaven, I didn't say if, I said when. How many people here will make it to heaven? When you get to heaven, there is a tree of life. All you need to do is just take a fruit and you eat it. And there's rejuvenation. There's life. Remember, brethren, that was why God drove Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden. They ate of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the Lord said, now their body is mortal. It's no longer immortal. If I allow them to continue in this garden, they will eat of that tree of life. And they will live forever in this sinful state. Isn't God merciful? Amen. Is he not merciful? Because many other times we think God is, I mean, we don't understand what God is doing. And that's the right word. You may not understand what he's doing. It does not mean that what he's doing is bad. That's money, God is good. As if we really say God is good. God is good. And so when Elijah prayed and God answered by fire, everybody began to say, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And because of the prayer, I mean, the answer God will give someone here today, he will be acknowledged as God in your life. Amen. Somebody does not like that. Amen. I say God will be acknowledged as Lord in your life. Amen. The first name, the children of Israel, ascribed unto God after he delivered them from the Red Sea is to call him the Lord. The Lord. The Lord. When you say he is the Lord, you are saying all that I am. All that I have belongs to who? Belongs to him. Reminds me of the story that uh, we are told. How true it is, I don't know. A man, a very wealthy man died. He had only one son. In fact, he had only one child, not just one son. And he had lots of properties. And he had one slave that he loved so much. That slave was like a son to him. In fact, that slave brought his son up. So when this man died, they came, I mean, there came a day that they, his will was read. And the will was a very simple one. He said he gave the boy, his son, his only child, seven days, to pick only one thing. How many things? One. one. And every other thing belongs to who? To that slave. And the boy initially says, oh, my father so much hates me. He has these many things and he has left for me 
only one thing and left every other thing to his slave. But he went to the elders. Tell somebody he went to the elders. If only you will learn to talk to the elders, you will not go astray. And I speak to someone here today, you will not go astray. He went to the elders and they advised him. So when the time comes, you are allowed to pick only one thing. The slave also belongs to who? To your father. If you pick the slave, then you picked everything. Amen? And so when the time came, he was to pick one thing, he picked what? The slave. Because every other thing belongs to the slave. And brethren, whatever belongs to the slave belongs to who? So when you say God is your Lord, you are saying all that you are, all that you have, belongs to who? Belongs to him. So when the children of Israel began to rejoice, they said, our God is the Lord. Number two, they said, he is my strength. He's what? He's my strength. He's my strength. I pray that he will continue to be your strength. I say, I pray he will continue to be your strength. In Psalm 27 from verse 1, Psalm 27 from verse 1, the Bible says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? In other words, if the Lord is your strength, you need have no fear. Tell somebody, fear not. Because the Lord is your strength. Now tell the person, I will not fear. Because the Lord is my strength. Have you had some situations where it looks as if heaven will fall? It looks as if today is the end of the world. You know, like our children will say, ah, if my daddy hears of this, he will do what? But they are still alive. (laughs) Ah, mommy must not hear of this, he will kill me. But they are still alive. And you know, this has led many of us to do what we ought not to do. And what has come to my mind is a young girl who was told to keep herself, who refused to keep herself, and went sleeping around, and she becomes pregnant. And she said, oh, my mother must not hear of this. If my mother hears of this, she will kill me. You don't want your mother to kill you. You now decide to kill the baby in your womb. Is that just? And if only they would just wait and let her mother try to kill her in the presence of her father. Then they would realize that the mother cannot afford to kill her. How would you get her brethren? The Lord is the strength of my life. If the Lord is the strength of your life, there is nothing to be afraid of. Even when you have made a mistake, you are not the first to make a mistake. Neither are you the last. Is somebody here with me this morning? Your mistake is not the first, neither is it the last. In fact, your mistake is not the worst. Do you realize that? Your mistake is not the worst. Maybe, in fact, you are the one that they think you are the... Is it most pious? Is that correct English? Is anything like the piousest? They say that is Sister Mary, the mother of Jesus. You see that sister, you are very close to heaven. And lo and behold, one day Sister Mary comes to church and she is what? Pregnant. And say, oh, what will people say? How will they take it? 
your mistake is not the first. Neither will it what? It shouldn't turn you away from God. Tell somebody God loves you. Whatever be your mistake, in fact, God still loves you. Can you tell that to your neighbor? Remember, Christ died because of you. True or false? He gave his life for you. All that he wants is that you realize yourself. You realize yourself. There's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to be ashamed of. If only you will open up and let God take you from where you are and take you to where he's leading you. Having taken them through the Red Sea, they look back and say, the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my song. That's the third one. The Lord is my song. You remember the song of Paul and Silas? Paul and Silas were in the prison. They were tied down. There was no escape. They began to do what? They began to sing in Acts chapter 16. The Bible says at midnight, Paul and Silas began to sing. And when they began to sing, something happened. What happened? The foundation of the prison was shaken. There was an earthquake. The chains that were used to bind them were loose. Everybody was set free. Because they began to sing. If only the Lord is your song. Tell somebody if only. The Lord is your song. And I know what I mean by that. Because some of us will sing truly. But you know the songs you sing. Is that not so? I don't know the names of those contemporary artists. But you know them. Those are the songs you sing. The Lord is not your song. So he cannot come true for you when you want him to come true for you. I think I remember one of the names. There's somebody they call Maria Carey, right? Is she a musician? Does she sing? Uh-huh. But I know if she sings, she's not likely she's a Christian artist. True or false? I will mention the one of my generation. You people are talking as if... Uh, huh? she, does she do both? Let me ask Brother Tekoja. No, Sister Tekoja will know. Maria Carey. Praise the Lord. The songs you sing, you know, like the children of Israel said, she said, they said, how can we sing the Lord's song? In what? Are you singing the Lord's song in a strange land? Are you a strange land? Do you know you can be a strange land to God? You see, it's both, both ways. You are supposed to be a child of God. The song you sing every time, I said, let me go to the generation that I know of. It's the song of Michael Jackson that says, I'm bad. That is the song you sing. And you are a child of God. Is somebody with me this morning? What is your song? Is the Lord your song? That's the question I'm asking us this morning. You know, when the Spirit of God is in you, you wake up in the morning, there's a song that comes to your heart. True or false? There's a song, and it's not, it's not, well, of course, if, if you watch, uh, if you watch horror film before you went to bed, 
you may wake up singing of uh, zombies following you. But if you pray before going to bed and you are a child of God and you wake up in the morning, you are going to have a song in your heart. Like one of those things we normally sing in our children's church. Singing melody in my heart. When you sing melody in your heart, it will flow out. It will flow through. That is the way it should be. Tell me that's how it should be. He said, the Lord is my song. My song. Is he your song? Is he your song? What are you full of? Who are you full of? Then he said, the Lord is my salvation. The Lord is what? My salvation. My salvation. You know, when Jonah was crying in the belly of the fish, first of all, what took him there? Disobedience. He told God, I won't serve you. I won't obey you. I won't do what you ask me to do. And God said, okay, I will show you who is God. I will show you who is the Lord. And so, he went into the ship. Sequence of events, he was thrown into the water. And he would have been happy to die. That man was so, was an obstinate, disobedient man. He would have been happy to die. Instead of just going to preach to the Ninevites. Jonah is the only man in the Bible who was unhappy with his success. Oh yes. He was what? Unhappy that he was successful. Go and read the story of Jonah. When he preached to Nineveh and they repented, the guy was so annoyed, he went and he said, God, didn't I tell you? I told you I don't want to preach to them. I know you. You are too merciful. And the guy was just grumbling. said, this is what I, you forced me to preach to them. Now they have repented. And then God showed him something. I said, okay, well, let me just die. He was so obstinate. But you see, when he was in the belly of the fish, the Bible says in Jonah chapter 2, Jonah began to pray. And then he got to a point where he said, salvation is of the Lord. The moment he said that, God said, you have learned your lesson. He sent, a, uh, he told the fish, go and vomit him at the shore. So when the children of Israel are singing and they said, the Lord is my salvation. <laughs> if God does not save you, can anyone save you? If God has said he will save you, can anyone kill you? If God is your salvation, can anyone destroy you? Tell somebody, the Lord is my salvation. You will live to testify of his goodness in Jesus' name. The Lord is my salvation. Then they went on, number, I think that's number five. He said, my God. Ah, isn't that wonderful? My what? My God. When Daniel was in the lion's den, in Daniel chapter six, the Bible says the king went home and fasted all through the night. He did not, I mean, there was no music, there was no food, there was no sleep. That was a king who did not know the living God. But in the morning, he came before the, 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 the lion's den. And he shouted, the Bible says in agony. Because even though he came and he shouted, he didn't expect an answer. True or false? He, didn't, he said, Daniel, servant of the living God, is your God whom you serve daily, constantly, able to save you? Your God. And Daniel said, oh king. Live forever. My God sent his angels, shut the lion's mouth, 
Because I am innocent. How many people are innocent here today? You are innocent in Jesus' name. The blood of Jesus will wash away your iniquity in Jesus' name. Whatever holds you back, God himself will cut it off today in Jesus' name. The children of Israel said, my God. He can't be your God. He can be your God. He can avail for you. He can stand for you. He can comfort for you. It's a personal thing, brethren. Oh, there's also the place where it says, the God of my fathers. We'll talk about that. But when he says, my God, he said, the God with whom I have a relationship. The God I had a, a, a discussion with before I left the house this morning. When I say, Lord, I'm going to church. Go ahead of me. Make me a channel of blessing. That is my God. The God that ensures that I cannot be stranded. How many people here know that you cannot be stranded? If you have a relationship with that God, I'm declaring to you today, you cannot be stranded. Maybe it looks like you are stranded. I'm telling you, you are not stranded. Somebody is not saying amen to that. You know, many at times we are so full of the obvious that we fail to see what God is giving unto us. No wonder the Bible says, in every, in every situation, do what? Give thanks. Give thanks. If He is your God, cast your mind back to the Red Sea. The Red Sea could not consume Israel. And I want to give you an assurance today the Red Sea cannot consume you. Amen. I want to give you an assurance today you will not be ashamed. The next name they call him is my father's God. My father's God. No wonder he is called God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of who? My father's God. The God of my father. That's a very important name. Is that another way of saying the covenant-keeping God? He made a covenant with Abraham, and he kept it because Abraham was faithful. That covenant with Abraham went to Isaac, went to Jacob. That covenant is available unto you today. So you can sit down and say, what? My father's God. My father's God. He's a covenant-keeping God. You know, that's one thing about the church we belong to. The redeemed Christian church of God is a covenant church. Is what? It's a covenant church. God made a covenant with the man he used to find this ministry. And God told him that when he comes back, he will find this ministry, this church on earth. I don't know how many parishes will still exist by that point in time, but he will find it. Why? That man was faithful to the end. My father's God. The covenant-keeping God. The faithful God. The God who does not fail. Maybe you don't even have a good relationship with your earthly father. But thank God there is an, a heavenly father. Is that not so? Yeah. Your earthly father might have failed you. But as a heavenly father who does not do what? Yeah. Who does not fail? If your earthly father has failed you, make sure you don't fail your own children. That's very important. God never fails. I have a father, almighty father. He is king of kings and lord of lords. 
I have a father. We have a father. He's king of kings. He's lord of lords. Reminds me of the, te this, the testimony that the general of Asia shared. He was on an airplane. He was traveling to London. And he said a very rich man sat beside him. I mean, his wristwatch was made of gold. I mean, his shoes, everything about him was rich. Tell somebody rich. So he thought of a way to minister to this man that was sitting beside him. And so, I, I, I don't remember the full story again, but he started talking about his father. He said, you've never heard of my father? He's the richest man. They were flying from Nigeria to UK. So I don't know, maybe he said the richest man in the world or the richest man in Nigeria. I don't know which one. He said, who is your father? He didn't mention the name. He said, my father is an oil tycoon. He has many oil fields. My father has, I mean, he, minerals galore in his vineyard. He has gold, he has silver. His business expires, ex, I mean, they go through the whole world. The man became quite interested. Who is this your father? He kept talking about his father in line with the scriptures. You know, the Bible says the silver is mine. The gold is mine. The cattle upon a thousand hills are mine. Oh, his cattle ranch is the biggest in the world. You've not heard of him? He got enough attention of that man when not only my father is Chief Emmanuel. Chief Emmanuel? Which Chief Emmanuel? How come I don't know about him? You know who that Emmanuel is? The Son of God. The King of Kings. The God of my Father. The living God. The God who never fails. He's your Father. He's my Father. He's worthy of giving thanks unto. And finally, the last name they, they ascribe to God in their song of thanksgiving is, they said, the Lord is a man of war. I love that name. He's a man of what? He's a man of war. Our God is a man of war. And the Lord is his name. And I know he's fighting a battle on somebody's behalf here today. Yeah. You see, if you are going to fulfill divine destiny, there is someone that is not happy. His name is devil. Mr. Satan. He doesn't want you to fulfill divine destiny. But you will fulfill it. Yeah. I said you will fulfill it. Because the God we serve is a man of war. No wonder the Bible says, from the time of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God does what? Suffered violence. And the violent do what? Our God is a man of war. And you, his children, are expected to be what? Sons and daughters. Children of war. Children that will take the battle to the gate of the enemy. You remember that song we sing? I went to the enemy's camp and I did what? I took back what he stole from me. Took back what he stole from me. Took back what he stole from me. I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. He's under my feet. Is where? If you are a child of God, he's under your feet. You, you now see why, as a child of God, you don't need to be afraid of anything. If it's your strength, the God of your fathers, the man of war, 
the, your Lord, the owner of your life, whatever he was to the children of Israel, he is to you. Because you have a greater covenant. That's why I have a greater covenant. Their covenant was established with the blood of goat and lamb. Your covenant was established with what? The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. So they worshipped him. They gave him thanks with his names. And then they made three promises. How many promises? Only three promises. And we're going to be rounding up from there. Number one, he said, I will sing unto the Lord. That's what I will sing unto the Lord. See, he is my song. I will sing unto him. Isn't that wonderful? If you can learn to sing unto him every day, no wonder the psalmist said, surely, what? Goodness and mercy shall follow me. For how long? Not only in the morning, not only in the afternoon, not only on your birthday. All the days of my life, goodness and mercy shall follow me. I will sing unto this Lord, unto the Lord. I will sing unto the Lord. The Bible says, sing unto him. First Chronicles chapter 16 verse 9. Sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. In other words, sing songs that will talk of his wondrous works. Amen? Amen. Sing songs that will, that will say, ah, this God has been good to you. Jesus, you love me too much, oh. Too much, oh. Isn't that wonderful? He loves me too much. And I said, too much of what? Excess love. Uh, me, I put, I said, too much of excellent love. He lo if you tell him, I mean, you just, you just wake up in the morning and say, Jesus, you love me too much. Oh. Too much. Oh. Too much of excess. I don't know the rest of that song. Oh. But the one I know is wonderful. If that's all I keep telling him on a daily basis, brethren, the Bible says I am what? The apple of his eyes. <laughs> How many people tell him on a daily basis that they love him? Or that he loves them? And me, I am saying he loves me not ordinarily. He loves me how? Too much. Because without his love, I will not be here today. I can tell you that. Without the love of Jesus, I would have been a clerk in Nigeria Railways Corporation. Long, they would have forgotten me. Long ago. I, some of us know the Nigerian Railway Corporation. <laughs> I'm sure mommy knows what I'm talking about. If not for the love of Jesus, uh, they wanted to give me a job as a clerk. And they still wanted my parents to give them bribe. But as God will have it, I just went and said, please, don't wait, let my work result come. I mean, come out. And do you know what? My admission letter came. Before the work result came. I know I'm speaking Greek for our children that were born here. But for those, those that came from God's own country, you know what I'm talking about. The admission letter came before the work result came. So, number one, the bribe was cut off. By the time the, uh, the work result came, and they looked at it, 
Now it was no longer saying, okay, you go and do uh, be a clerk. They now do that and say, ah, you can be a medical doctor. <laughs> uh, but God had delivered me from that line. <laughs> I wasn't planning to study medicine. So you can understand why I say he loves me too much. If I had gone to be a clerk with Nigerian Railway Corporation, I would have been forgotten long ago. Maybe I would have even died. Yes, so. But he so much loves me, he preserved my way. He directed my footsteps. Do you know that when I did that exam they call Y, do you know I had C6 in mathematics? And I was a science student. If I had, maybe it was just one point that would have given me P7, that admission would have been useless. I know I came from a very excellent background. I don't know anybody. So we just depend on the grace of God. God always did it. When it's almost getting too late, he will come through. And I pray for someone here today. He will come through for you. Amen. I say he will come through for you. Amen. So no wonder I can wake up in the morning and say, Jesus, you love me too much. Oh. Too much. Oh. Too much of excellent love. Oh. Too much. That's my version. He will love you. I say he will love you. Amen. When I say he will love you, I'm, on a daily basis you will experience his love. Amen. You will have a glorious testimony. Amen. So the first thing that those people said is, I will sing unto the Lord. Number two, they said, I will prepare him an habitation. Hmm. I will prepare him what? An habitation. Psalm, is it Psalm 22 verse 3? That says God inhabits what? The praises, you, you, you see that these things are related. I will prepare him an habitation. And the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. You see why you shouldn't be thinking I am bad? Because you are supposed to be the habitation of the living God. He wants to fellowship with you. You, you could be driving in your car and he's talking to you. And because you don't know the voice of God, you just hear a voice and you look around. You look around. Who is talking? Well, he's the one talking. He wants you to know his voice. He wants to dwell in you. He wants to guide you. He wants to direct you. He inhabits the praises of his people. How many of his people are here today? He will be real to you in Jesus' name. Amen. He will be real to you in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible tells us, I believe that's in Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Talking about how we, how we present ourselves. How we make ourselves available for the use of the living God. The Bible says, whom, the person whom you yield unto is your Lord. Is that not so? Whom you yield unto to obey is the one that will guide and direct you. He's your Lord. We are called to be his temple. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20, it says, Know ye not that your body is what? The temple. Of... So the habitation we are talking about, there is a building, there is a place like this that we can come together. But it must start from your heart. It must start from your availability. 
It must start from you making up your mind that God will dwell in me. And that when it comes to me, what you will meet there is not shame. The Bible says, verse 20, you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God where? Where? In your body and in your spirit, which are God. I will build him a habitation. Yeah, Romans chapter 6 from verse 11 to 14. He's talking about the same thing. Brethren, we have a responsibility to ensure that our bodies are usable by God. God will not reject you. Amen. That's a serious prayer. I said God will not reject you. Amen. A general verse shared a story of a very rich man. Very rich man. He came to church. And when he came to church, he, he looked around and saw that they needed equipment, you know, like this powerful equipment. And he went and bought them. And, and the church then was just, uh, you know, this, not like, this, this is very beautiful compared to what they had then. Just uh, some things that they put together, say, let's just worship the Lord. So the man went and bought powerful equipment and he brought them to church. And everybody in the church was excited. Like we will say, this is the Lord's doing. It is what? But God spoke to his son and said, don't accept them. And so, <laughs> the general said, sir, I'm very sorry, but I know the voice of my father. The Lord said, I should not do what? I should not accept these things that you have brought. He said, that man went by a pillar in the church and began to hit his head against that pillar. And said, ah, so God has rejected me. So when I pray for you that God will not reject you, I know what I'm saying. God will not reject you. Amen. I say God will not reject you. Amen. Every sacrifice, every offering that you give to this living God, he will find a place to accept it in Jesus' name. Amen. And it will not be in vain. Amen. Whatever you do for him, God will reward in the name of Jesus. Amen. I will sing unto him. I will build a habitation for him. And number three, I will exalt him. I will do what? I will exalt him. There's a song we sing that says, I will exalt thee, Lord, for thou hast lifted me above my enemies. Your banner over me is love. I will exalt you, Lord. I will exalt you, Lord, for thou hast lifted me above my enemies. Your banner over me is love. I want us to stand up and sing that song. Let's stand up and sing that song. I want you to sing it with all that is in you. We are rounding up, we are rounding up the message. I will exalt you. For you have lifted me above my enemies. Your banner over me is what? It's love. As we celebrate, remember the topic we are talking about is the wind of thanksgiving. As you celebrate, as you rejoice, as you dance before him this afternoon, God will touch someone. Amen. Who is that person? I know that God will touch me. So please, I will sing that song. You want to clap? You want to use tambourine? You want to use tambourine? Whatever you want to use, sing and dance. Tell somebody sing and dance. Sing and dance.
I will exhort you not for the to me is that that song is prophetic. You are saying God has lifted me above my enemies. I am not singing for you. I mean, isn't that it says for thou has lifted me. I am not saying he has lifted you. I am talking of myself. And the Lord is telling someone here today, whatever be your position, God is lifting you up. Because you are saying thou has lifted me. He is lifting you up. And you will testify in Jesus' name. So I want you to sing that song and dance and rejoice in his presence. I will exalt you, Lord. I will exalt you, Lord. Here today, I say you will not suffer. Amen. 
I repeat again, you will not suffer. No matter how it seems, no matter what you are seeing, no matter what it seems that you are going to run, you will not suffer. There is a God that is the God of miracles. He will go ahead of you. He will make way for you. He will make room for you. He will open doors unto you. He will give you a new song. He will give you a new testimony. Your story will be different. Your case will be different. In the name of Jesus. Amen.